1: Blue wire. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round on the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh! The circus game in a box Walker for three. Kemba Walker
0: from downtown.
1: Tatum drives down. Let's throws it down rebound Gordon Hayward for two Gordon Hayward with a corner crash no block out what's going on everybody welcome back to the Geno time podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network we're brought to you by Bet Online. my name is Tom Westerholm Celtics writer for masslive.com I'm joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe Nicole how you doing
0: doing pretty well Tom Um, today I spoke to Javante Green
1: Oh, how's Javante doing?
0: So I'll tease that. You'll find out in the Boston Globe on Friday.
1: Nice. Nice. I I enjoy Javante. It doesn't sound like we're gonna see him in person for the rest of this year, but I, I hope he's uh I hope he's around next year. He was a, a good guy to cover.
0: He's a good locker room chat for sure.
1: He definitely is. Um I don't have anything really to tease at this point because all the things that I was working on feel a little bit weird to be working on these days. But yeah, we're, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. So if anything happens in the interim, that's what happened there. But we're going to talk about a few things today. We're, we're going to talk about Brad Stevens spoke to the media and we've got some NBA news to cover. So, Nicole, let's start with Brad. I, I thought he took a, like a really sober tone. I think the right tone, obviously. What was kind of your biggest takeaway from everything that he had to say?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Brad said a lot of the right things. He acknowledged the sadness, the anger, the full spectrum of emotions people are feeling, including himself following George Floyd's death. But then he also recognized that I might not be the person that players want to talk to right now. Um, I might not be the person that can fully empathize or fully understand like the depths of their pain. But regardless, I want them to know that I support them And he wrote a letter to the team to express all of that. So I think Brad like hit all the right notes and he's a very genuine guy. So it came across that way to me as well. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think that one of the things I've always really respected about Brad is that you can tell he has thought about things. And I think he's really smart too, because I think the things that he thinks about he thinks about usually in kind of the right way. So when Jalen comes to me and tells me I'm going to drive 15 hours home during a pandemic to go protest in Atlanta, I want Jalen to know that I'm going to be supportive of that. And it seems like that was the case. Jalen did go to Brad, did say, hey, I'm going to do this. Brad, I, I fully support you. That that seems to be you know what Brad said. So I, I appreciated that. I think that as the white coach of predominantly black players, I think that that's the right way to go about these things. Is just to, to, to really consider your place of privilege really to consider like how players might view you and how you can come across to those players in a way that is supportive. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. I think like my, and this isn't my issue with Brad at all. I think like my maybe frustration with the whole situation and I didn't ask Brad any questions. So something I wanted to ask him was, did you reach out to anybody outside of the league outside of the organization to maybe further your learning process or further your process in developing or helping create ways that maybe will prevent this from happening again and again and again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he did say like the lack of progress is jarring. And I feel like a lot of people are acknowledging the fact that we haven't made a lot of progress, but it's like, okay like what actionable things are being done right now and it's not necessarily fair to put that all on brad obviously and like i don't know if he feels comfortable sharing who he's reaching out to because i'm sure if he says oh i reached out to x like you bet that 10 reporters are about to go try and reach out right. to x For so sure. like that's sort of the that would literally be my thought of- first
1: thought is like yeah, well, it's x's phone number yeah
0: in these conversations, like, I do hope that a little bit more is being done behind the scenes that really is contributing to that change other than just, like, consistent acknowledgement that change needs to happen.
1: And I, I think that's, I think that's a good point. One thing that I think happens a lot of times with reporters in this situation is, like, you know, it's hard to, like, ask some of these questions, especially as, since, I mean, like I'm sorry, most of us are white. A lot of these pro reporters are are white, and so like we would feel weird getting asked some of these questions. So we're like, oh, you know, like maybe I won't ask like a weird question. Which and like that's <laughs> that's literally our job is to do that, is to ask those tough questions and to and to ask the types of questions that you wanted to ask. We still need to do our job and ask that question. Right. So I mean, you know, shout out to to Corrales. You know, he he asked Brad. Look, the NBA's power structure is predominantly white and its players are predominantly black. Do you get any thoughts to to that, you know, sort of dichotomy? And I I thought that that was a really important question. And I, you know, and, and Brad's answer, you know, it was, it was pretty good. I, I think the other thing that's really been bothering me, it's really easy and safe to say racism is bad. It's a little bit harder to say that one of the major issues here is police brutality. I would like to see more, it feels weird to call Brad a brand, but you know what I mean, like more I would like if you're gonna make a statement, I would like to see people make more statements like that like let's let's acknowledge the whole problem instead of just the easy part of the problem if that makes sense
0: or make a statement via a player via
1: that's the best way to go about yeah, it for sure, exactly.
0: but yeah, I mean, I think you don't want to give people credit for doing the bare minimum, but at yeah. the same time, like. We all saw Drew Brees today completely miss the point in that he was asked, given the protests right now, should those carry over in the NFL season and people take a knee during the national anthem, how does he feel about that? And he was like, yeah, I disagree with anybody that um, would disrespect our flag and country. Like that. And it's just like, you're completely missing the mark. And then he starts to go on about like his grandparents or his two grandfathers who were war veterans and made it sort of just like about military pride. And it's like, that's not what Kaepernick or anybody that took a knee was fighting for. But yet you see Drew Brees post a black square on Instagram. And so I think like that's reflective too of the issue is like, there's just a lot of performative. Stuff going on right now, and I don't think Brad was performative, so that's the thing. Like, (laughs) if there's
1: one thing that Brad Stevens has never been, it's performative.
0: He was being genuine, he's in a tough position. Like, I was thinking about this, I thought about this even before. Like, if people just put a microphone in front of me and ask me questions, my answers are gonna not be good either, and I'm probably gonna hate them all after the interview. I even just Doing these podcasts, it's difficult to articulate your thoughts sometimes. So I do give Brad the benefit of the doubt just because of his history and how, so I think he is actively listening and actively trying to learn more about the situation. And that's all you can ask right now during coronavirus like we're all in quarantine and like this is a really hard conversation to have via text this is a hard conversation to have like in like a question and answer setting like this is more of a discussion topic and so like it's it's hard to talk about so our criticisms aren't by any means like targeted at brad or targeted at anyone except for drew breeze it's more just (laughs) like we want to just talk about what's been going on have our own discussion
1: for sure. I think that's a such, such a good point about how difficult it is when a microphone gets plopped in front of you and you're just asked tough questions. Like that, that's a really good point. I think it's probably worth noting that after all of this, you know, the person that we got was Brad. Brad was willing to come out and do this and to come out and, and address the media in this way.
0: I think and he he, and, well.
1: yeah, and I think he handled it really well. I, I really thought that he, he did a good job of sort of talking about, you know, trying to relate to people, even when you don't have any common experience. The last thing I wanted to touch on with the Brad conversation, um, if anybody else in my life said I wrote a letter, I would be like, oh, they wrote an email. Do you think Brad actually wrote like 15 letters and mailed out like 15 letters? Do you think he actually mailed them to his players? Hmm,
0: That's a good question. I would say no, just because he probably doesn't know where they all are.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably fair. But I would, uh, I would be curious to know if he—not for any like useful reason—I'd just be curious to know if he actually like hand wrote a letter.
0: I would guess it was email. Also, for the sake of delivery.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a
0: letter. They probably wouldn't have gotten it.
1: You need it kind of timely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, we will leave this conversation there. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA coming back when we come back um, after we hear from Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, Nicole. So the, uh, the NBA sounds like it's coming back. I'm sure we we both have many thoughts that we have uh, expressed many times on this platform before, but obviously a lot of stuff came out today. Shams Charania from The Athletic posted an article basically saying that there's going to be 22 teams – sounds like it's going to be 13 teams from the Western Conference and nine teams from the Eastern Conference, the only team from the Eastern Conference who isn't in the playoff picture currently but will be coming along as the Washington Wizards. What's, what stands out to you? What are some of the biggest things that you took away? Obviously, Woj had a bunch of reports as well. What what were some of the most interesting things to you about the proposals that came out today?
0: To just round out the news, starting July 31st, going as late as October 12th, it's going to be at Disney. Yep. And basically they're going to play eight regular season games. And then if the ninth seed is more than four games behind the eighth seed at the end of that, the eighth seed is in, but if not, if it's fewer than four games, they're going to do like a play-in tournament. So that'll be interesting to see like how that all plays out. The Celtics as things stand right now are the third seed in the East and how the schedule is going to work is basically they're going to play out their schedule as is. But if a team, If they're scheduled to face an opponent that is not coming to Orlando, they'll just move on to the next game. So based on that, the Celtics have a fairly easy schedule, and we'll see how seeding works out. I mean, the thing is, I feel like the two seed was maybe a bit of a higher priority when home court advantage and things like that were going to be at play. Now I'm curious to see whether that will even be like that big of a difference, I guess matchup-wise.
1: Yeah, I think the two seed matters if you can get it to avoid the Sixers. That's really, like really the thing.
0: But so the Sixers also have a fairly easy schedule, though. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting off the bat. I mean, like, happy basketball is back, but also like, what is going to happen? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's exciting. It's awesome that we actually have things finalized, especially because there have been a lot of speculation in terms of what it's going to look like. We know the dates. You know the format and like, it's coming back. Like that's awesome. But coronavirus is still a thing.
1: I I quote tweeted this today. I I, breaking update, Florida reports, 1,317 new COVID-19 cases, the highest since April 17, which apparently a, a bunch of people from Florida have been saying that it's, it's partly because they're testing more now. So of course the cases are going up, which like, sure, fair, but also the cases are still going up like there's still a lot of cases in Florida where they're hoping to do this so it's like yes you can't wait forever I understand that so I don't know it's it's tough but that being said I'm with you I'm incredibly excited to see the NBA coming back like I'm so excited to watch hoops like Jeff Zilgit of USA Today tweeted today that it's going to be like NCAA March Madness where it's multiple games per day in the same site like are you kidding me I'm like I'm so excited to just sit and watch hoops all day like it's going to be amazing
0: That makes yeah. me sad that we probably won't be there just on that pure, like getting to watch basketball and like how fun summer league is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, summer league, but with actual NBA games, like oh, with
1: real stakes. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Like that would be such a cool experience. Obviously health is important. And I understand I'm not advocating that media should be there, but <laughs> part of me is a little sad that we won't get to experience that because like, I mean, that's unreal single site. Like we would get to watch, the Western Conference playoffs, like basically any playoff game other than the Celtics. Like when we cover Celtics, you only get to watch Celtics live. Like that would be such an unreal experience. But anyway, that's besides the point. The health stuff is an issue with them bringing 22 teams back. Like there's just no denying that. There is reason for them to do it. Obviously they can satisfy various TV deals now and they can drum up a little bit more interest, it sounds like, but speaking strictly health wise, they should have only brought the eight playoff teams if they were insistent on coming back
1: 16. Yeah. Sorry for sure. Guys. Yeah. It's, it's really hard, right? Because professional sports leagues are some of the most complicated because the owners obviously want to come back. The teams obviously want to come back. The fans obviously really want them to come back. The players want to come back in for the most part, everybody wants to, and I still just don't think it's a good idea, but like, I get it. It's like, there's so many forces that are all pressing toward, let's give it a go. Like, I, I, I hope that the NBA is really smart about this bubble. It, it sounds like families won't be allowed in until the eight games are done. The eight games, I think they're going to play like basically every other day. So those eight games will be a couple of weeks and then families can, can, can start coming down. I guess at this point, it becomes less about like, they shouldn't do this. And a lot more about just like, I hope they keep everybody safe. I'm really excited about this. I hope it goes well. Adam silver as is the one who's actually had these conversations. I haven't had any of these conversations that he that he's having, so
0: right. And I hope this works out. obviously, he's yes, money is really important. but like at the end of the day, I'm going to give Adam Silver the benefit of the doubt and that he's making an informed decision. Like 100%. I would imagine that if a bunch of health experts told him, "Do not do this under any circumstances. This is a bad idea." He would have listened. Yeah, I think that there were probably health experts raising concerns and there were people raising important issues that need to be like addressed in terms of what happens if somebody contracts coronavirus and stuff like that. But I, if somebody literally said, like, do not do this under any circumstances, I would like to think that he would have listened. You know what I mean?
1: I do. I hope you're right. I, I guess the thing that concerns me about it from that angle is that the NBA has spent so much time saying, well, you know, it's about how much risk you're willing to assume. I mean, that sounds like something that a health expert might have said, like that could go either way. That could be like, it's about how much risk you, you, you're you willing to assume. So, you know, there's so we're, you know, playing at 50 50 or it's like the health person was like, look, I don't think this is a good idea, but it's about how much risk you're willing to. Assume. You know what I mean? Like there's a bunch <laughs> yeah. of different tones of voice that mm-hmm. that particular phrase could take. And the NBA is taking one in terms of like, well, we're taking precautions and obviously there's going to be some risk, but I don't know that that's how that was delivered by health experts. Maybe it was, but if not, then I think that's where some of the concerns start to come in.
0: So did they release anything about what their plan is? Like if a player tests positive, like I haven't really read everything.
1: it sounds to me like all of the health stuff are the details that still need either still need to be hammered out or are still going to come out eventually. Cause that, yeah, that's um, I think it was Mark Stein or, or one of the national guys was, was tweeting about how like, that's, that's next. Like they great figured out the format. You figured out the location. Okay. Now how are we keeping everybody safe? And some of the things that they, that they proposed were hilarious.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to see what they lay out. Like, given the current situation with the practice facility like they're not allowed to shower there like I imagine yeah. that they won't be showering at the facility they'll be showering in their hotel rooms I assume
1: that was assume one of the things, things that was so reported booked. by oh, I that believe was that was reported. Re- yeah I believe that was either reported it was either by Woj or Dave McMenamin and we can talk about Dave McMenamin's story in a minute too that one was pretty funny
0: and like will there be hand sanitizer like your players gonna be washing their hands like the games are going to be in such rapid succession. How are they going to sanitize the locker rooms and the court? Things like yeah. that. I, I'm curious to see what sort of health guidelines are released. What's the Dave McMenamin story? All
1: right. So this was this was my favorite story of the day. <laughs> Dave McMenamin wrote a story that was in which he laid out what teams like some what some contenders are proposing to sort of make up for the fact that they will not no longer have their home court advantage you know some of them were pretty pretty nondescript um there was like one that was like hey maybe the higher-seeded team should get an extra coaches challenge and I was like I mean sure whatever that's a small one who cares the funny one to me was the higher-seeded team being able to transport their actual hardwood home court from their arenas to Orlando to try to preserve the feel of their home playing experience um was that you know, a I mean, Dave
0: McMenamin's story
1: sure was it literally
0: sounds like a reddit comment or like a <laughs> yeah. What a reply
1: it does um, and then there were, there were a couple other good ones too, like the higher seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the traditional jump ball, just like like they're just trying to shave points like <laughs> so that one cracked me up, and uh so if you're if you're the Lakers or you're the bucks, just suck it up like it's I'm sorry, your home court advantage is gone, like that sucks a lot of things suck these days
0: I don't even know if that's worth pursuing because it's so hard to do like any sort of one for one you know what I mean? Like yeah. replacement with home court advantage. Like of course, yeah. I think ultimately it will just be like just
1: turn the fake noise decibel like way up for one team and way Yeah, down, exactly, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Some of these things too. It's like okay, so like the floor thing. It's like okay, yeah, like people can switch over floors. Like that is technically possible. But like there's so many other things that are gonna have to happen too. Like you were saying, like sanitizing, all that kind of thing. Like it's like the time frame here. You only have I, I'd like they only have like a couple of courts, if I recall correctly. That kind of stuff seems very implausible, and as the contenders in McMenamin's story pointed out, these would have to be passed by a two thirds vote um you know I think with like the governors and the players union, and like of course, you know the contenders will vote yay, everybody else yeah. will vote yay, and we can move on, so yeah, it's not going to happen. It was just uh, a yeah, uh, yeah. had i thought the funniest story of the day <laughs>
0: I saw a report that teams are interested in expanding their rosters more people I, I feel like that again. Is the health question like, okay, are we trying to limit the number of people? I understand maybe there's more of an injury risk right now. So they want to have bodies and they want to have like sort of like training camp bodies since they're going to be going through a training camp type practice and things like that. But I don't know how I felt about that. And I'm curious to see who the Celtics would bring in, I guess. yeah. I, I, think, I
1: think it's more likely that they would expand the... So I, I think what they're probably trying to do with that more is like if somebody, you know, on your bench or one of your starters gets COVID and is out for two weeks having an expanded roster makes sure that you have enough players. Like, you know, if, right, if a couple of your sense. of your point guards get sick and then you need a point guard to come in, like, you know, that, that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd be curious to see who it is too. I would guess that it's probably something, you know, like, Hey, your two way guys can be with the team, you know, the whole time now, or, you know, Hey, maybe you can have, I don't I don't know, like 15 active players or something like more active players or something right. like that. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, that that'll be interesting to see as well, and it'd be really interesting to see who the Celtics uh, decide to go with.
0: Yeah, I mean, so then just like from a competition standpoint, so the Celtics are the three seed right now in the East. They are three games behind the Raptors for the second seed. There's no way that they would catch the Bucks, and then the Heat are two and a half games back of them for the third seed. So these games will matter to them both in either maintaining their seed or potentially moving up or potentially moving down, depending on how they go. Yeah. Their strength of schedule is, I think, third easiest, according to some uh, lists that I saw. And the Raptors have the second hardest. So there is a possibility that they move up. That being said, who knows like what the teams are going to look like and things like that. And the Sixers also have the easiest schedule, I believe. So...
1: Yeah, and some of those things are going to get um, shifted. For example, the Orlando Magic need to to get to eight games. They need to play the Celtics twice, um, based on the schedule, and the Celtics don't need to play the Magic at all. So, like,
0: oh, interesting. The,
1: yeah, so some of the details don't quite sync up. So there will need to be some shuffling that happens. We'll see what happens there. I think by the time the postseason comes around, I think the teams are just going to have to sort of accept like that our lot is our lot. And if, like, if the Celtics end up playing the Sixers, okay, that's what it is. Like, as opposed to trying to do, like, a bunch of, like, a bunch of jockeying with with only eight games remaining. And especially because guys need to get back in shape.
0: I do think that there is an incentive for them to improve their seed. Like, I think that they will try to do that. I think that they if will- If they can
1: improve it, certainly. I yeah. think
0: that they will care and that they will try to win.
1: Yeah, because you want to stay out of Milwaukee's side of the bracket for right. as long as you possibly can, obviously. Exactly. The one other thing that we should touch on is that the Memphis Grizzlies might fall out of the playoffs, which would uh, really help the Celtics. uh, For example, the Portland Trailblazers have two games against Memphis remaining if these things hold true. So, like, the Celtics have the Grizzlies pick top six protected. So, if that thing jumped up, it would uh, be unprotected next year. So, that would be interesting as well. All right. Well, we will leave it there. Thank you guys all for listening. Um, You know, appreciate everybody who's giving us a rating, giving us a review. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.